The sermon for this evening is based on the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 to 38. The sermon is entitled, Joyfully Lutheran, the Seventh Petition of the Lord's Prayer. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Before you put your hymnals away, um, let's turn to page 199 together. As we sing together uh, for... Uh, the Song of Simeon, and this is what uh, uh, we speak about today in our Gospel, but why don't we sing that together uh, before we begin? Page 199. <clears throat> Let's begin. Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people a light to light in the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel glory be to the Father and to before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And in the time of purification, as it was according to the custom found in Leviticus chapter 12, there Jesus was presented, this baby, and Simeon, just imagine that, waiting and waiting and waiting, and finally seeing this baby Jesus. Seeing Jesus, for him, he knew what this meant. He took him up in his arms and, and blessed God and said those words, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes, Simeon's eyes, have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory to your people, Israel. Simeon had seen it all. He had seen what he needed to see before he could depart, not in terror, not in wonder, not with a lot of question marks, but that he could depart in peace. That he could depart with those words of deliverance. This baby would deliver the world as a salvation. The Savior of the nations, this Jesus, 
was for, the, for them and for all the world. And there in that temple, Simeon saw the Word made flesh, the Word of deliverance. And thus we pray in the seventh petition this day, deliver us from evil. Now what does this mean? We pray in this petition in summary that our Father in Heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation, and finally when our last hour comes to give us a blessed end and graciously take us from the valley of sorrow to Himself in Heaven. We pray in this petition for the Lord's deliverance. And at the same time, we acknowledge that we cannot rescue ourselves. We need deliverance, and we need the Lord to deliver us, because again, no one can rescue themselves. Not our little gods, not, my, not myself, not yourself, not my works, not your works, not my morals, not my goodness, not your morals, not your goodness, but the name above all names. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, deliver me, deliver me from what is before me, and that is evil. From body and soul, to even our possessions, Harrison writes in Joyfully Lutheran, It is true there are many warnings in the Bible about the improper love of possessions. I think of the man who built barn after barn, to shelter his wealth. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Again from Luke 12. And again, possessions in themselves, as you know, are not evil, right? They're, they're from God. God gives us all that we have. But when we love them more than God, and when we find our refuge in those very things, quickly we turn from the one true God we turn to these little gods, as if these little monuments of deliverance, well, if we just had enough of them, whatever that may be in your life, you fill in the blank, that your life would be set. And how easy we can fall to these stumbling blocks. Right? These are forms of evil, because evil tries to turn us away from God. And these very things, these idols, their job is to do what? To turn us by falsehood and deception, away from God. To tell us that these things should actually deliver you from what is plaguing you. Rather, what we fail to remember is that what we're truly dealing with is our sin, our flesh, this condition. The devil in the world. The stumbling block that is ever before us. Not only is it possessions, but also reputation. Again, Harrison writes, Strike hard, O Lord, against my hardened conscience, should I be a source of evil, uncharitable, impatient, harsh, and unloving accusations, and, un and having accusations of others. Think again how quickly we go down this path of the use of our lips. As we use our lips to destroy reputations that cause never-ending strife and dysfunction, and yes, indeed, our, our words can be very evil. They can be 
And we're all guilty of it. We might tell ourselves, we might justify it. Well, we're just, we're just telling you how it is, and it's all good. But in our hearts, that small card is filled with pride as we revel in tearing other people down while uplifting ourselves. Whether it's you're the one saying and you're the one receiving those words, we very well know what it means to be on both ends. In other words, through it all, Lord, deliver me, for I cannot rescue myself. That's the key here. And through it all, as we face what is in front of us, we pray that the Lord... And only the Lord, because He is the only one that can protect us. Right? From body and, and soul and from possessions and, and from reputation. But ultimately from the evil one, the evil foe himself. We pray that the devil's work may be stopped and destroyed. Because the evil foe is not someone we can face ourselves. We cannot fight him with bows and arrows or even with our own two fists. The devil is like a prowling lion ready to pounce and attack at every opportune time. Thrashing around day and night. His goal is to turn you away from the words of Christ and only Christ. To turn you away from the promise that only our Lord gives to us in eternal life, forgiveness, and salvation, to turn you from that word, to reprioritize your life, and say that word comes second, or third, or fourth, or even last. This is what Satan does. We see it in him, we see it in the world, we see it everywhere. Darkness, even within ourselves, our flesh, our brokenness, our weakness, and yes, indeed, our sinfulness. And because of sin and the condition that we were born into, we pray to the one we know that can deliver us, right? Because we cannot, and we admit, and we acknowledge that we cannot save ourselves, that we need the Lord's mighty hand, we need the Lord's gracious might to save us and rescue us by His merciful promise. So it reads in 2 Thessalonians 3, The Lord is faithful and guards you from the evil foe. He is faithful. He is God. His word is true. And there we find our assurance. There is no doubt, is there? The Lord is faithful and He guards you from the evil foe. There is no doubt. When there is no doubt, there is great assurance. There is great comfort and boldness. Knowing that the Lord, His word is true. The Lord's word delivers and through Him, through His promise, you are indeed Delivered from evil. Even in Genesis 3, the first gospel, we very well know that the Lord is faithful to his word. That indeed from the offspring of the woman would come the savior of the world who would do what? Crush the head of Satan. Deliver us from evil. And the Lord is faithful to that promise. 
He came for you. This world so full of darkness, rebelling against Him. He came by His mercy, being conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and by faith. This babe wrapped in swaddling clothes would bless so many people, including Simeon and Anna in our text today. That his whole life was all about faithfulness to the will of God. That he would see his last breath be on the cross for you. Faithful Jesus is to his word. And because of his faithfulness, he delivers you the promise that there on the cross, he says, for you, it is finished. The words of deliverance it is. All that he came to do has been accomplished. No doubt, no question mark, no wonder. But indeed, you are delivered from all evil, from death's sting, from sin. No need to rescue yourself. No need to save yourself. No need to think that you're all alone trying to fend for yourself in this dark world. But the Lord is with you and he has delivered you by this very work for you. A blessed deliverance we have in Christ. Knowing that he has accomplished salvation each and every one of you. Yeah, the evil foe will continue to fight. <laughs> and he will continue to thrash you around, trying to tempt you at every corner. But there, when we pray, deliver us from evil. Indeed, we are delivered. And that's what it means, right? Deliver us evil. Just think about that. This says in Romans 6, for the wages of sin is death. I mean, that's the consequence of our sin. It's, it's death. Dead people cannot make themselves alive, right? In other words, there's no way to escape the darkness of death and eternal condemnation that we truly deserve. St. Paul in Romans 6 doesn't stop there. He says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Delivering words. Jesus dies the big death for you. Standing in your place. Being the victor, the true king. Swallowing up death by way. of Not only his death upon the cross, but three days later. The resurrection. Forgiving you of all your sins. All of them. Writing your name. Your very own name in the book of life. Crushing the head of the evil foe. Shutting him down. Saying be quiet. Be gone Satan. Away with you. Deliver us from evil. And he is gone. Because Jesus. He is our king. Our redeemer. Who paid the price. The price that he could only pay. Not by gold or silver but by his own precious body and blood. Because without him, there is no deliverance. But with him, there is. We are alive because he is alive, and we live, move, and have our being because of his delivering promise. Not only right now, 
but to all eternity. And therefore all of us in the catechism as we read that explanation, that when our last hour come, Lord, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from the valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. It's because of Jesus there's a blessed end, my friends. Because if it was based on our own works, our own way, this end would not be a blessing. This end would be full of question marks and full of terror. But thanks be to God for Jesus, who gives you, by His grace, the blessed end, overcoming death by His resurrection. And giving you the words that come from Simeon's mouth. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Because on the account and by his word you are delivered. You may depart in Christ's peace. Delivered you are by the word, the death and resurrection of Christ, the water in the word of holy baptism, the power of God's delivering word in the holy supper of our Lord given and shed for you, for the forgiveness of your sins and because of his graceful deliverance for you, <laughs> you may go in peace. Not just any peace, but Christ's eternal peace. A peace that looks just like this as it's read in Revelations 21. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. The former things have passed away. Deliver us from evil, O Lord. He hears our prayers, and by his promise he has. Go now in peace. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Midweek Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com.